Welcome to For the Love of Books, a podcast by Culture at NL Libraries. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Culture at NL Libraries podcast um, for the Love of Books. My name is Chris Wilson, the e-services librarian for Culture and Libraries, and I'm joined today by Hilary Petrie, one of our open learning officers, and Drew Feeney, who is the librarian at Airdrie Library. Welcome, guys, to the podcast today. Hi. Hello, thanks for having me back. Hello, everybody. And welcome. For, thank you for coming back and, and, and uh, joining us to another episode. So today's episode is Get Out of That Reading Slump. So um, today it's all about... Has anything kind of put you into reading slump? Is there ways of getting out of reading slump? Um, and kind of tips and hints as to how we do that. So let's get started off by just talking about the current situation a little bit. So has lockdown put you guys into a reading slump at all? Drew, have you got anything about that to talk about? Well, I th- I've been thinking about this. I think um, with everything that's been going on, I think um, it's, it's a real sort of paradox because reading has for a lot of people not being on their agenda. Obviously, you know, there's there's much, much bigger things kind of happening that's, that's taken up their attention. But also at the same time, there's never been a, a, a better time to to be at home and reading and, and kind of going through your, your, your probably massive to-do list that you wouldn't have otherwise at home. For me, this, um, I've not been in a reading slump. I've been reading quite a lot over the last uh, couple of months now um, because I found it to be a, a transportative thing you know it's, it's something that's kind of taking us away from the day-to-day and taking me away from what's actually happening um, and particularly with if you pick something that's really immersive you can sort of dive into a, a whole other reality almost um, that's away from what's been happening in the world so I've, I've found myself not in a slump but I can very much understand the reasonings why others would have been yeah, I don't know what you think, Hilary, about that. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've kind of had that. I think my answer to that is kind of maybe. Yeah. <laughs> have I hit it? Yeah. Um, because I, I, I do hit reading slumps quite, and sometimes quite frequently, and I can't actually, I'll come back to this later, but I can't actually always pinpoint what, what it is that does it. But I think at the moment, um, whereas, yeah, I can understand lots of people have got lots of time to read, I'm finding too many other things that are kind of, particularly from a, maybe a news and a journalism side of things, that I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, quite hooked. I can sit in front of News 24 for hours, <laughs> which is, is a bad admission to make, particularly early on in it, actually. Um, now I'm kind of walking away, but you know, I still have my nights maybe where, where I would maybe have picked up a book. Um, CNN becomes quite an attractive watch for, for an hour or so. And I know I should be what I should be reading, but shouldn't I? But... Um, so yeah, I'm kind of in that maybe kind of I I, I certainly didn't at the beginning. Funnily enough, I um I bounced into that reading pile and 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 tackled thought yeah, great, I can tackle this one and that one and got a couple of books under the belt and finished off something that I've been reading and then yeah, just hit that point of yeah, don't fancy yeah. that, don't fancy that, and if it's got more than a thousand words in a newspaper article or something, yeah. Too many words. Too many words. Too many words. <laughs> it's very difficult, though, isn't it? It's very difficult to if you hit on something. If you hit on something that you're really enjoying, then that's that's sort of half the battle. I was looking at the the, the list of things that I've managed to be able to get through over the last few months, and and it's really wide and varied, you know. And and I've kind of taken a couple of notes, some sort of classics that I've always wanted to read but never have, like um, mm. the talented Mister Ripley. 
by Patricia Highsmith, you know, never got round to it, but I've managed it in the last kind of couple of months. And it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And and things like um the the odd sort of you know, non fiction as well. I, I read a book um by a guy sitting in front of me, Richard Snow, about Disneyland, about the creation of Disney, um, which was a wonderful sort of non fiction. Um and also but uh, contemporary literature. Uh, the, the latest from Emma Donoghue and Graham Swift and things like that as well, which have been really, really good. So I've managed to get through a wide range of things, um, mm. so perhaps kind of jumping about a wee bit, but um, I found that to be engaging. Yeah. Um, whereas, whereas usually I would maybe stick to a certain sort of subject or a certain author for a couple of books and then sort of jump about a bit after that. Yeah, oh. I, I've kind of found myself the opposite a little bit as well. I don't really feel as if I'm in much of a reading slump at the moment. And actually, probably, if I, if I was being honest, I think lockdown's probably got me out of a, of a reading slump in, it, in, in, the, in the way because <laughs> it, it has given me probably a bit extra time um, with um, working from home and things like that, not needing to do the commute back and forth and things like that sort of stuff. So it's given that kind of little bit extra time to kind of have a bit extra relaxation time amongst other things. Um, and that kind of leads on a little bit maybe to what factors have led to us having been distracted from reading in the past. I think one of the reasons why I have been able to read more from lockdown is because one of my big distractions is I, in my household, I do have a three-year-old who runs about <laughs> most of the time. And, and actually, I mean, obviously, he's still here in lockdown and all that, but... <laughs> But I think with him getting, during the last years, obviously, uh, as anyone with kids knows, uh, that that early period in, the, in a kid's life is very kind of hands-on and, and, you, and you, they, they, they do need your constant attention all the time. And and But he's getting to the point now where he, he's he's kind of going to bed and things at a decent time, sleeping better and things like that. So it does kind of give you that extra little bit of time and freedom at night times to kind of do and enjoy things a lot bit more that, that you maybe haven't had the time to do before um, because of your parental duties that you've had. Um, another one of my big distractions has to be social media, and, and I think that probably kind of ticks the box <laughs> on a lot of people these days. Yeah. <laughs> um, that endless scroll of Twitter just reading nonsense as you go down about the latest thing that's, that's went on in the world and, and, and 230 characters or whatever, 240 characters. Um, and um, and then it, the other one I've actually got listed down as a little bit of a distraction, actually, and this one is a bit of a kind of lockdown one for me, uh, is it's actually work <laughs> because <Yeah>. but because <laughs> because I, I I actually it may be a bad thing to admit to but I I am a bit of a workaholic and and, uh, and I do find it hard to switch off from work a little bit and yeah. and probably lockdown has actually made that maybe a little bit harder as well because because yeah. you you kind of are uh, like you're you're kind of not necessarily working your proper sort of maybe nine to five you normally do. You can, mm-hmm. uh, I, I certainly because just because of family commitments and things have to break my day up maybe sometimes things a little bit and work a little later at night and things. So it has been a bit a bit different from that point, difficult from that point of view. Um, have you guys Drew? Have you got any major distractions that you kind of find get in the way of of reading in any way? I think I would I would echo largely what you've just said, Chris. Yeah, I think balancing work with your family life um, at this point in time is is a challenge um, because we obviously have been working all the way through as well um, with our library service. But but having having um, time on your own and having me time within that at home is difficult. There's a lot to be said for working 
for your work um, being in a separate place entirely from from your house, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like, like there's there's the sort obviously the physical nature of it, but you you do then leave your work at your work. Whereas if you're working from home, it's it's difficult. So it's difficult to find me time within that, um, and finding me time within your own heads space quite a lot of the time as well because you're you are thinking about work and and what you have to do and and all of that sort of thing. I think reading slumps can happen very critically. Your choice of book can be critical. If you're yeah. reading something that's really engaging and that's really pulling you in, you're much more likely to find the time to kind of to kind of go and look for that. Currently, yeah. I'm reading um, for our book group, uh, and it's one of our big borrow box titles of the moment is the Ambrose Parry book, The Way of All Flesh, and it's a wonderful sort of evocation of Victorian Edinburgh. And that, I, I keep finding time over the last couple of days, 10 minutes here and there, just to kind of jump into that. Just and to that, fit a few pages in. Absolutely. And that's, that's a kind of, I was thinking about this, that's a really good way to beat a reading slump, is to just get something that you enjoy. We all have these books that are dead worthy, and we all have books that we think, I should read this. And, and perhaps sometimes it's about reading something that's just going to grab you, and that's just going to make you kind of want to make time for it. So I found that balancing things at home has been difficult but but even within that finding the right thing to read is, is for me has been hugely important and it's something that thank goodness I've managed to kind of uh, to kind of get over the last few months is finding really good things to be getting on with. Yeah and Hilary have you got any distractions that get in the way of your reading habits? <laughs> um, technology <laughs> like, <laughs> like you say um, Twitter but then Going back to what I said about reading a lot of journalism, a lot of what I've read has stemmed off of people that I follow on Twitter. Mm. So it's a kind of it's a kind of vicious circle there because I can, I can actually spend hours when I'm thinking and you come away from thinking, well, I've not read anything today, and then you sort of think, well, actually, hold on, I went and read that you know New York Times article, I read that in the Washington Post, I read that um, in the Guardian, I read that you know that you, when you actually then think back about what you've actually done, so I think no, I did actually do quite a bit of reading. In, in the course of the day but I, I appreciate what you say but sometimes if you can take break it up during the day and find just that 10 minutes to, to read a wee bit here and there um I think my other my other guilty tech one is I end up sitting playing puzzle games on the iPad <laughs> there you candy go. crush there you go <laughs> and you notice I'm not saying yes or no to that one <laughs> But you know, it, 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 and, and funnily enough, it sort of becomes a little routine that before I before I start, I have to have coloured in a page, and I have to have done a crossword, and I have to have and and if I had sat down with a book for 10, 15 minutes, but just it's just the way my brain's working at the moment, and it it needs that warm up. That's what I'm convinced myself that is. <laughs> <laughs> so so do do we have any major tips to kind of get ourselves out of of a reading slump? Then we've kind of maybe hinted on a few sort of suggestions here, but my, some of my tips I think would be that like like we we're just saying there, finding a time to kind of set aside and make sure that you kind of dedicate that to to reading um, and and avoid other distractions as well. Just so, one warning on that: don't make that the last thing at night because I'll tell you, hardbacks are heavy when they hit. Oh you. yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, and, <laughs> and one of the best ways I, I find to kind of get around the kind of social media sort of tech issue is literally just sit my phone as far away as possible from where I'm actually sitting reading because. Because it's just far too tempting to just pick it up, especially whenever you hear that buzz and of, of something, Absolutely. a notification yeah. coming through, and it's far too easy to kind of pick it up. And then that's you; you're lost for another hour just searching through bits and bobs. <laughs> um, and 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 another tip 
I think is to to try and actually kind of get yourself settled into your kind of preferred reading place or reading position or whatever. Because I think if you're comfortable and you're you're, you're kind of cosy and you've got your book and, and things like that, then then it's much easier to um, to kind of just sit down and read. The only time I would suggest not putting your tablet or phone away is if you're using BorrowBox, obviously, to you to yes. read and, and listen to. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I have to put that in there for the for, <laughs> as being the e-services librarian. Trey, have you got any other big tips for, for kind of getting out of it? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about um, things like for getting out of reading slump, following a, a curated list is always a good thing. I've found anyway... Um, we have looked heavily this year um, pre-lockdown at the BBC's Novels That Shaped the World lists, um, which, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is are, are a series of curated lists within certain genres such as, you know, thriller, science fiction, romance, historical fiction, that kind of thing. A series of curated lists uh, with essentially the best novels in each genre. Um, and within the library service over the last few months, we had been uh, stocking these and, and promoting them heavily and I think looking at something like that there are titles within those that that are, are particularly in this period that I've looked at and that I've been really engaged with I'm thinking um, like June by Frank Herbert um, in advance of the new film coming out later in the year um, that's one that I've, I've got on my reading list and it's purely from the BBC um, so I think a curated list is a good way to start if you're looking for inspiration something like that Something like the, the Great Bookish Menu, which I know we are we're, um, in the middle of at the moment, has curated lists for the, the various themes that are within that. It's a great place to kind of start as well. And also even like, I think sometimes I look for inspiration in, in what was in the Booker shortlist last year, what won the Booker, that kind of thing. And I, yeah. I usually try and kind of go and, and, and maybe sort of seek those sort of things out. Um, not always successfully. But also my final one would be to go back to classics. If you're in a, in a, a reading slump, Something that you've loved before, uh, you know, will maybe kickstart that. And uh, one that I always go back to is um, Roald Dahl's, you know, The Tales of the Unexpected, the short stories, because those are like sort of perennially brilliant and they'll kickstart you back into a kind of reading habit again. If you just pick them up, you can get through them in 10 or 15 minutes and they're fabulous. And that's always my go to if I'm thinking, I've got no inspiration here, something like that. And you kind of lead your way off into something else. So that, that would be my tips. That would be my tips. Uh, Hilary, have you got any tips you want to throw in? I, I actually like the... Um, I, th I think this comes from the Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy ones. Don't panic. Yeah. <laughs> because I've, I've been there before. I thought, oh, I should be reading. I should be reading. And I think sometimes you have to just give yourself permission not to do it and to admit that, do you know what? It's not for me right now and I have to just walk away and go and try something different. Um, but... Yeah, just don't don't feel guilty about it. Um, but yeah. then, yeah, I mean, I've got other ways of getting back out of it. And, and once I kind of start to feel ready to to do it, it's looking at different ways, different different styles, different. Um, I would say I, I kind of really hit into the journalism right now. Yeah, but, you know, I'm much happier to go away and, and and read that sort of thing for a while yeah. um, to try and get me back to a point where I actually do want to read it but also just picking things up and trying a couple of pages and yeah. if I'm curious about it I'll go back I'll go back to it but um, I yeah think, I think I think that's kind of I think that I, I would struggle with that a little bit because I, I'm, I'm not very good at, um, at dumping a book I know people kind of yeah I, I, a lot of people kind of are quite happy to to kind of read a few read a chapter and then think no that's not for me I'll put it down 
I, I'm very much a person that I need to kind of read the whole entire book. I can't kind of quote on a story even I if I'm not enjoying it very much. <laughs> I, 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 th- I think that goes back to school. I think it's a really hard lesson to learn because I think when we're at school, we're sort of taught you have to read this start to finish. And how many times have you heard children being told you've got to finish that book? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my, in my past life as a, as a school librarian, it, it was quite liberating sometimes to say to the kids, you're not liking it? That's fine, put it down. And they looked at you like... Am I actually <laughs> to do that? I think I think we are conditioned that you know once you pick something you have to read it. Well, if you're in the middle of a film or a, or a television program you're not enjoying, you don't force yourself to sit to the end. Well, maybe in yeah. a cinema, but um, I think I think though, Hilary, I think true. the, the, the librarians, particularly and readers, split uh, completely split down the middle. And I remember a yeah. friend here who would read. She would say, you know, um, I'll read fifty pages, and if it's not grabbing me, then it's going down. And and I'm with you, Chris. I cannot do that. I cannot do that. Yeah. So that there are people that that would, would go there and would quite happily just go, no, this isn't for me. And there are people who would be the exact opposite, going, I cannot put this down, and I'm wading through the next nine hundred and twenty yeah. pages of this. Yeah, it, it, t- it did take me a long time to learn to allow myself to do it. Yeah, I, yeah. And, it, and I, I still find it challenging to do, but mm. yeah, mm. I but have to sometimes. Uh, and I, I, it's something that, that, that I do struggle with a lot but as well because as I have mentioned in previous podcasts I am a slow reader so so, so if it's a book that, that is yeah. kind of over like 300 pages and, and, I'm, and I'm not enjoying it I'm thinking oh my god this is going to take me like the next six <laughs> months to get through you know <laughs> you know so, so, and, it, and it really can kind of kind of make it difficult for me to get through a book if I'm not enjoying it and it is a long book because I do have that kind of things that I'm just um, not kind of going to give up on it, which is just one of those things. Uh, but I think when we wanted, like we, we did kind of touch a little bit on um, the, the 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 downsides of technology and and how it can kind of throw in problems. But I I do kind of think that, that they can kind of be used in a positive way when it comes to kind of reading slumps as well. Yeah. So so um, is it, can, can you think of any examples of how technology can be used? Um, to kind of help with reading slumps and things like that as well, because especially it says, I mean, this is this is your kind of bag a little bit, Hillary, with being the Dylan officer. So let, we'll, I'll let you go first. Let me the, let me go the and then you can question. see if I let, let me see if I leave you any after this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I I would I would put it into a couple of things. A couple of things that I find myself doing. Um, I will often turn to ebooks and yeah. almost like randomly pick things. So yeah, we've got Borrow Box and. Yeah, I would sort of go in there and, and have a, a nosy around, and, and you know, I can download something, try it quickly, and return it if I don't, I don't like it. Um, but I also use other platforms um, for ebooks. Um, <laughs> some, 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 some of them generic to, to the manufacturer of the device I'm using on. Um, but I find that you know they've got they've got the free books. Some 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 companies may make it a lot harder to find. They're free books, but you know, I, I quite often in, a, in that kind of reading slump, just go and look through the top 100, 150 free books and see if something grabs my attention. And if if it's you know, even just slight ones, I haven't had to leave the house, I haven't had to spend any money, I can go and try it without having to worry about it. Um, so that kind of side of it, I also subscribe to a number of uh newsletters like so like i get the waterstones weekly update yeah, and same. Yeah. i'm I, I don't know whether this is worse as a technologist or, or, or a librarian or stuff but i'm useless at chucking things out my email my email at times <laughs> um which does have its benefits every so often but you know going back through 
you know, a dozen, a half dozen of those, just looking at the sorts of things that they're suggesting and promoting. And uh, that actually kind of leads me into my, my other one as well, is that um, I keep a, there's an app uh, or a, a, a platform called Goodreads. Yeah. Um, if we're allowed to, to pick out one or two brands here. But I use that um, because they've got a want to read category. And so in the good times, if you like, I, I store things up in there. Uh, and it might be that I don't go back to them for two or three years. But at times when I do start to hit a reading slump, I will have a wee look at, okay, what did I put in there? Because it must have it really appealed to me at some point. I haven't got it stacked up beside me, but you know, what was what was there and what have other people from that? And, and for the first time recently, um, I actually got a rec- somebody sort of got in touch with me and said, you've read that book, I think you should be reading. Oh, I think yeah. it was probably one of the years, to mm-hmm. be honest, but you should be reading this. And so that that as well sort of just sort of strikes me as that, that lovely kind of use of technology just to, to broaden what's available to you, things that you would never really suggest. Because, I mean, it sort of takes back to the last bit as well. But one of the things I will do, and my colleagues in the other world sometimes hate me when they see me coming to do this, but <laughs> I, will go, I will go to the counter and I'll sort of say to them, right, I need something to read. Just go and pick me something. <laughs> Your recommendation, what do you think I should read? And actually, for me, sometimes that works. It's just somebody gives me something and says, a, try it. That's an interesting take because, I mean, that's, that is like a kind of complete lottery because reading, reading can be quite a hit and miss. Absolutely. Um, so, so that's, that's an interesting way how to get out, out of a reading slump. But, but it could potentially be an effective one too, obviously, as for you, um, which is which sometimes. Is yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> you have to gently put it back sometimes. <laughs> Drew, do you have any more? Oh, do you, do no, you have any more? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm quite, um, I'm a, a sort of luddite with these kind of things, but I do use Goodreads. I think it's, um, <laughs> I think Goodreads is fabulous. And and you end up, when I was talking there about curated lists, you end up, you can use that almost to create your own list of what you've yeah. read, of what you want to read, as you said, Hilary. Um, uh, but it also has that sort of social dimension and that you can engage with other readers, but quite often you can engage with authors as well. Um, mm. And, and you, you know, there's, there's lots of kind of tailored recommendations on there that can spiral you off into all sorts of other areas, um, particularly when you're, if you're reading non-fiction, you know, that it can relate really sort of esoteric things to things that you've already read. And that can be really, really interesting if you follow that path the way down and you can end up somewhere else entirely. So um, I don't really use technology an awful lot when it comes to reading, but I do use that. And it becomes, I find it to be a really interesting and a novel way to connect with um, sort of other people, be that other readers or other authors as well, about shared kind of interest. I would, I would recommend that. And I think it's a, a that's the kind of a whole other dimension to your reading and it, it just expands the kind of experience of, of what you've done and, and what you're going to do next, I think, yeah. yeah. And uh, a couple of things that I would kind of throw in there is uh, there's this new thing called podcasts that, that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that you may have heard of if you're listening to this. <laughs> and and, um, and there's there's fantastic, there's loads and loads of book-related podcasts out there. Um, and what one I came across recently is called Literary Friction. Uh, that's friction, not fiction, um, and um, and it's um, it's a, a monthly one that's done by a literary agent and a writer, and it's a, a sponsored it's sponsored by a, a a publisher as well, and they quite often have um, 
authors on on their, their show kind of chatting about about books and, and writing and things like that sort of stuff they also do kind of what they call mini sods in between their main episodes which mm-hmm. is a kind of less focus on an author it's just a kind of more of a general kind of chat about books and things like that sort of stuff a little bit of disclaimer there sometimes the language can be a little bit um interesting Choice. yeah so <laughs> yeah so so just be wary of that if you if you do look it up um, but um, but it is it's, it's a it's a good good and like I said there's plenty of other podcasts out there and lots of kind of libraries are doing them as well other than, than ourselves um, Falkirk libraries spring to mind with what they, theirs is called Library Love I think it is um, and then there's also New York libraries uh, public library does one too um, so there's loads and loads of ones out there that you can have a look at for that um, the other thing that I was thinking of was was book blogs in order to kind of get kind of recommendations and things like that as well. Um, I know a book blogger quite well who his book blog is called Grab This Book um, and he's also kind of local to our area as well um, and he focuses mo- mostly on crime fiction, kind of varies a little bit here and there but but he definitely is, he's a good person to kind of look at in terms of trying to kind of find sort of things a little bit off the beaten track as well it's not, he doesn't always kind of focus on the kind of big hit kind of crime novels he, he does kind of find the kind of maybe sort of lesser known authors and kind of yeah, you can kind of find his opinions on that and stuff. So um, his blog is at is www.grabthisbook.net and he's on Twitter at, at grabthisbook as well. So you can kind of find him on there doing that. And, and it's and it's a great way how to kind of catch up with, with books and things like that as well. And again, there's plenty of other fantastic bloggers out there too that, that can kind of do that, that sort of stuff as well. I think um, what I thought we'd kind of maybe touch on next is uh, through reading has... Has reading itself kind of put you guys into a bit of a slump in any way? Maybe kind of by maybe the not enjoying a particular book or type of book, or um, or maybe kind of just find it quite difficult to read or something like that sort of stuff. So, Drew, have you got any kind of experiences yeah. of that? That's a really interesting one. That's a really interesting kind of topic <clears throat> to, to sort of think about. I think um, sometimes biographies do this for me. Um, and, and I'm thinking about, I'll not mention kind of particular titles or particular people, but there's been a couple of biographies where I think I actively dislike the person that the book is about more by reading their, their biography or their autobiography, you know? And <laughs> and I think that's, um, I, I get to the point where I think this is actually putting me off liking these people anymore. Um, so that, that for me has been a, a kind of experience. I also think sometimes you can think, particularly when you're maybe younger you can think that reading a particular book is is very worthy and it's it's something that I should do mm. you know whether that be for fashion or it's cool or whether that be mm. because it's it's an accepted sort of classic and in inverted commas and I've done that lots of times and and get really bogged down in the middle of things you know and thinking yeah ah, I don't like this I don't like this or I'm not seeing what everybody sees about it sometimes I'm like that with films as well but um I'm not seeing what everybody else sees about this but you sort of it ends up as a form of self-punishment that you're just wading through these things just to say that finally I read, you know, such and such. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that for me can possibly tip you into a slump. I don't know how you feel, Hilary, about that. Is same for you? Or... I, 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 yeah, I think I think it goes back to that having to read something at school. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, and just you maybe really didn't get it, didn't understand it. And, you know, I, I sort of think back to um, fifth year. We read uh, LP. I think it's LP Hartley, or is that the is that the is that the Yellow Pages advert? Um, <laughs> the the, 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 the go between. <laughs> um, 
but it was it was the go between, and uh, do you know what? It was just the wrong book for me at the wrong time. But when I came back and I read Amy McEwan, and I think it's Amsterdam, mm-hmm. that's really, really, actually really similar. I realised how much of it had stuck with me, even although it was one of these ones that I had dragged myself through it. But the, the, the kind of legacy, unfortunately, of that is that if something is a classic or is branded up as literature, and that unfortunately things a lot of the book prizey stuff, the minute something hits that, I don't want to read it. Interesting. Wow. And, and, yeah. and it's, it's, it's really strange. And, and it, I know I miss things because of that and, I'm, and I have to kind of go back to them. But if something's extremely popular or, you know, oh, this is this is a really great work of literature, I switch off. Oh, I, interesting. I, I do. I, I totally get what you mean with that because because uh, I, it's one of these, like, kind of things that I'm a bit torn with because cause I see them and I think, right, I really should read that because it's obviously kind of been critically acclaimed and things like that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then whenever I do, I can't, I, you know what, this is just... It's, it's not my thing, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know if I'm missing the point here or why everyone else seems to think it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I do I do totally get that kind of like kind of put off by and and it's got um, kind of probably like level a little bit like you. I, it's actually got to the point where whenever the last two come out, it, it does put me off a little bit. Like whenever I see a book on it, I kind of think I was probably interested in that before it just got put on that list, but now I'm again not quite so sure. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. yeah. I think as well. Sometimes I've, as a kind of spin-off, cinemas like that for me too. Like I remember, like, yeah. like Blade Runner, you know, and like for years trying to watch that film, thinking I don't get this and I don't get why it's 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 so revered. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, and I don't know whether it was because I was older or whatever. All of a sudden, it makes sense, and all of a sudden the penny sort of drops. And it can be like that with books as well, I guess. But but I, I don't know about you guys, but very, very seldomly and very rarely do I go back and read something twice. Because oh, usually, rarely. I, I remember everything about everything and that's a kind of curse, you know. That's a curse. <laughs> and I very rarely go back and go, because I can I can pick a book up and go, I know what this is about. And So it's not something mm-hmm. that I ever do. So very rarely for me would I give books a second chance to kind of make an impression. I don't know how you feel about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I have, to, I have to be almost maybe one step worse than that as well, is that I... I've got a few authors I will go back to, but quite often I'll read one book by an author and mm. go and read something else because I've 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 read something by them before. And I think it's this it's it's maybe that short short term attention span <laughs> behavior um, of of the sort of Twitter world. I've, I've, I'm onto something else next. There's something else. There's there's more out there. Maybe it's also just that that glut that there's so much out there mm-hmm. that's so good that I yeah I, I've had a wee flavor of that. But I'm ready to try something different and, yeah. and something new. I think that's definitely a thing because, like, because uh, there's a lot of investment to put into kind of following uh, one author's kind of back catalogue of, of of titles, especially if it's somebody who maybe like some kind of successful crime writer or something like that who's got a a series of like twenty books or whatever. Uh, that's like for me being a slow reader. That that's a that's a big investment to try and get through that whole series. If it's somebody you can stumble across after they've written all those books, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. if you're joining late, if you're joining yeah, late, yeah. yeah. So so I, 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 again, it's I, I kind of get that sort of like kind of maybe kind of read a, a couple of books and then kind of on to some new author or maybe another kind of successful author that you've not quite got round yeah. to things like that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I totally but ironically, coming out of a reading slump. If I hit, and the one that jumps to my mind is um, I had one of these reasons and I suddenly hit Peter May's uh, Lewis trilogy. I, yeah. I picked up The Black House and before I knew it, I had read the three of them. 
because I was just so absorbed in it that yeah. it was like done it return it get the next one get the next one and literally I mean I that was it was a new year and I must have read the three books in about a week which yeah. is really unlike me mm. as well so it can work I was going to say Chris it can work like that as well and, and I think about our book groups you know where, where if you get in at the start of an author's career where you maybe that in and of itself where you want to follow an author I'm thinking of yeah. other, uh, writers like um, Jesse Burton for our book group in Airdrie or Claire Fuller um, where we read the first novel and then the group themselves decide that they want to read the second one and then and then independently you want to read the third one again you know because and it's not necessarily a series that you're following but it's an author's output and, and within mm-hmm. that, then you can see how that person develops. And each book is similar. Um, I'm thinking Jesse Burton in particular. You know, we start with the miniaturist and then there's the muse and then there's the, the, the latest one, which the name escapes me, but we read it towards the tail end of last year. Um, and, and it's wonderful to watch that. And that in and of itself can keep you out of a slump if you're following one particular person. So it depends. But I'm with you, Chris. If, if you go to Game of Thrones, for example, that there's already, I don't know, 140 books of it, <laughs> you yeah. know, and they're all massive. And, and I just look at that, it's like TV box sets. I go, nah, you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that, that, and this may be just the, the fact that I do have a three-year-old, but one of the things that I also kind of do find quite a, a good thing about kind of um, sort of getting, maybe, maybe just kind of go back a little bit, but getting out of reading something is, is picture books. <laughs> right. No, right. yeah. Right. ridiculous. But but some of the picture books that that I have read uh, are fantastic and and, and they, they definitely kind of they're, they're they're over in ten minutes and that's you you've read the book and it's great and it, and it kind of kind of just takes you away from that sort of having to read a big literally um, successful book just a quick easy funny story and then that's you can uh, you can kind of get back back to it. I suppose it's the couch to 5k mentality there, isn't it? It's about actually getting up and getting going. Yeah. And if it is short children's or books, whether they're picture books or you know, maybe that sort of, um, one of the ones I had picked out was like Larry Dawn's First Day for Fairies and Other Fable, Fable Beasts. But, you know, it's, it's, yes, it's, a ch- it's children's literature, but it's so absolutely fabulous. And if you've just got just the right story with just the right amount of imagination, then suddenly you're off again. And it's you've got yourself up and going, and it just takes whatever it is to get that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, other than children's books, do we have any other kind of recommendations that we want to kind of put in as, as good page turners that help kind of get out of, out of reading slumps? Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, uh, with everything that we've just said, just something that you're, it's going to grab you. And I was thinking about this, but just good old fashioned sort of thrillers. I'm an absolute sucker for Dan Brown, you know, and anybody that knows me. Um, like the Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons and Origin and Inferno and all of these sorts of books because they are they are just page turners and they are yeah. just adventures and particularly for the summer months you know these are wonderful things and um, they also make you think that you're dead brainy when you're reading them you know because you're like, <laughs> you're like, you're like solving kind of mysteries and it's all about um, you know traveling and all of this and I, I love all of that so something like that something that's just going to hook you in by like James Rollins or somebody like this you know that's just adventure and it's just thrilling and it's just going to take you somewhere else for a couple of hours at a time Some, that's my go-to's absolutely absolutely it's funny, it's funny you mentioned Dan Brown because I quite often forget about Dan Brown a little bit because like obviously Da Vinci Code the, the kind of hysteria over that was now quite quite some time ago and mm-hmm. and and they, they were just really good page turners I mean they're, they're never going to they're never going to win the Booker Prize but 
Yeah. But, they, but they're just enjoyable and they, they capture you and drag you in and, and you want to kind of read through it and, and I don't know if it's the kind of style of writing whether kind of, kind of maybe short chapter type kind of writing yeah. things like that that kind of keep you just keep going but but it's they they are they are just good good enjoyable books that you kind of just want to keep reading and and and, and keep going. And one of the ones you you did this to me in the last podcast, Drew, but but you, but you stole the one of the ones that I was going to do by mentioning it earlier on about the Ambrose Parry, the, the way of all flesh. Mm. It's kind of although it's not like Dan Brown exactly, but but it's quite short. It's kind of short, snappy chapters that kind of flicks yeah. back and forth between the the main characters in the book, and and it kind of just drags you in and makes you want to kind of keep reading and find that what find out what's going to happen next to the character and 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 because and I think it I, I think I, I do quite like the kind of style of having that kind of short chapter because you, whether it's maybe it's a short attention span thing from from Twitter or not I don't know but but it, it's it's just that kind of being able to kind of just get the kind of chapter done in a, in a few pages and you know that they, they kind of you're you're going to be on to the, the next character and in, in, in that particular book where it kind of flip flops between the two. Yeah, it's, it's propulsive, isn't it? It kind of pushes <clears throat> yeah. you on to the next thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and it's a, it's a, a really good read. But um, yeah, so, but but yeah, again, you st- you stole my recommendation earlier in the podcast. Right. Right? <laughs> we do this all the time, you and I, Chris. We do this all the time. <laughs> my fault. <laughs> uh, Helen, do you have any recommendations you want to put in? Um, I, I'm I'm sort of torn right now because I've got maybe three or four sitting that I'm sort of thinking right, which of them do I actually pick? Um, I, I mean, I'm going to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go two. I think maybe. Um, going back to that thing I said about people giving me books. Um, we I used to spend quite a lot of time up north, um, particularly this time of year. Um, and a couple of maybe even just last Christmas, um, my dad actually gave me a, a poetry book called The Spirit of the Hebrides. And it's a fabulous collection of really really short poems with some black and white images of some really really remote bits of um particularly sort of sky uh, and sort of in the Solomon McLean tradition mm-hmm. and that that at one point last year just became an absolute lifesaver um because I just picked up just a little bit here and a little bit there and it it was just that little kick start to, to get me going again and even if it was just <coughs> like off I went to actually read the Wikipedia pages or or something else online um, about where things have been set and who somebody was that was referenced in something or whatever else, um, it it was just that kind of kickstart. Um, and I'll go, I'll, I'll I'll hit the non-fiction stuff since you guys have have kind of really clicked the fiction. Although I have to hold my hands up and say I've never read any Dan Brown. Oh my um, goodness! For shame. I know. Shame. See that thing? But see that thing about? Back then? <laughs> see that line I said about things. Ah, you went with carefully. You see, because I said that thing. But if something gets too too much publicity, yeah. I don't want to ruin it. I, I don't, don't need it. Um, but one of the books I had um, added to my Goodreads list a while back uh, is called Invisible Woman. Uh, it's by Caroline Criado Perez, and it's non it's non fiction. It won the <laughs> I'm contradicting myself here. It won the science book prize <laughs> last year, so technically it shouldn't be on my list. <laughs> But it comes back to that work thing we were talking about earlier on as well, because this is about um, the subtitle on it is exposing data bias in a world designed for men. Oh yeah. And what she's actually doing is looking at how so much of the data that we rely on, uh, and increasingly relying through artificial intelligence and 
computers making decisions, like, you know, job interviews, sifting through the computers will do the sifting through the CVs, um, lots of things like that. Um, even like seatbelt design and the crash tests that they do on uh, the safety for the cars, it's all designed on data that basically white, middle class mm-hmm. men. Mm. And so it's missing stuff. And the more we rely on it, the more dangerous this is getting. Mm. So it's, it, as I said, I sort of hit that reading slump. And this is the one I, I happen to see it uh, on on the shelf in a, in, in a well-known supermarket. And I thought, that's it. Yeah. You know, that's it. Oh, yeah. And and it, it was, it's, if you get some of the, the kind of very no, almost novelised non-fiction mm-hmm. that make it really, really readable, then something like that can can just, has worked and so for me at the moment that is definitely the one that is is getting hopefully going to get me out of this complete slump just now i just have to put the ipad down for long enough that, to start thinking. Well, that sounds excellent i think i'll look that one at myself as well that's it, 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 it's funny that you mentioned that one hillary because one of the other things i think does help get me personally out of reading slumps is that for for some reason sometimes there are books that end up appearing to be in multiple places now we've not discussed the books that we're going to chat about here and that book that you've just mentioned, um, I have, have had various people kind of mention that they're reading that book, even though it's not one that's really ever been kind of on my radar in terms of, of reading. And and because of that, we, we, did add, we did add it to Bollybox because we didn't notice it was kind of getting kind of fairly popular. Mm. And and it's and it's funny how there's, I don't know if you guys find this, but there are books that end up, you just start seeing everywhere. Mm-hmm. But another one that I, that I swings to mind is one that you mentioned during the last podcast we did, um, Pine. Oh, um, yeah. The, the, the Francine Francine Toon. Toon. Yeah. Um, I, I, that was, I have to admit that was the first that I'd heard of it whenever you mentioned it, that that podcast. After that, I have seen it in various places, including it got shortlisted for the Bloody Scotland um, Awards um, just a couple of days ago. And it, it's funny, you, you just can't start kind of noticing like a book about and it, and it does kind of end up kind of catching an eye and then I do then kind of end up trying to kind of look for it and read it myself. So it's an interesting yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like when you buy a car and then you think that nobody else has that car and then you start seeing everybody with that <laughs> car. <laughs> you know? yeah. Very true, very true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if, if you get another uh, to add in, I kind of jumped in there. And kind That's of okay. Um, the other, well, the other the one I'm going to get just a quick mention because this, this one, Almost, it's it's funny. It almost tipped me over uh, at one point, but but I, I recovered it, um, and it's just coming out. So I was lucky enough to get a a proof copy of this, but it's Jasper Ford's The Constant Rabbit. Oh, don't know if either of you have seen this yet. No, but he's, um, he's a he's a, a very well known kind of. It's very kind of odd, isn't it, and very sort of esoteric kind of writing. Yeah, or... yeah, and and. I actually will will be interested when more, more people have read this because I wonder if this is our our animal farm. Oh right, okay. Um, because it's about it's about one in a, just over a million human sized rabbits who live in the UK after some big anthropomorph anthropomorph. <laughs> so, some some big event when they became <laughs> from rabbits to human, human cows, but. People don't like them arriving in their village. Thank you very much. And there's there's campaigns to get people removed. And um, mm. it's 
he can't possibly have known when he set out to write. I, I, I know he was he was tipping it to the to the racism side of things, but I don't think he could have picked a better time for this to mm. actually hit. Mm. Um, because it, on on one side it's a bit like Animal Farm; it's that lovely story, mm-hmm. but the more you look at it, you think, really, oh yeah, uh huh, I understand. It sees that exactly what's going on. So, um. But it, it was one of these ones, I think, just because it was on screen uh, and I had been staring at a computer screen all day. And it, it takes us almost full circle back to where we started talking about the fact that, you know, in, in this situation, sometimes you need to have that separation between your work space yeah, and, and away from space. And, and I, I don't, I'm not entirely surprised that the one that's helping me like really come back to reading right now is actually physical rather than on screen, because by the time I've spent most of my days in front of multiple screens, yeah, e-books are, are maybe just a wee bit of a challenge for me, more of a challenge than they would previously be. And ironically, quite often, at other times, it's the other way around. But no, that's one I would say, have a look out of that, because I, I think it's got potential to be something really special. Mm, that's really, really interesting. Yeah, mm. The the last kind of page turn that I was going to throw in a little bit was, and it's and it's not in any way a new one by any means, but it's it, it's a, a Louise Welsh trilogy, the play the Playtime trilogy, um, which starts with a lovely way to burn, and I suppose uh, in the middle of a pandemic might be a kind of interesting time <laughs> for taking a pose yeah. because it is all about a, a disease outbreak uh, called the sweats, and and it, and it's a, and it kind of it's a story that kind of sweeps the whole of the country because it kind of starts off in London in the first books and ends up, and 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 I think it's it Orkney, I think in the, mm. end of the last one. Uh, um, and and it's and it's, an inter- it's just an interesting kind of set of events, and it, and it's kind of like that sort of not not in the same style as Dan Brown, but it's got that kind of page turn and kind of effect to it. Like you, you just want to kind of keep reading and 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 find out where the story's going. Mm. Um, and I and I really really enjoyed that trilogy. I think that's a very good trilogy. Kind of kind of get going, and like I say, it might be a bit topical at the moment with yeah. the middle of a pandemic too. So. I, re- I really enjoyed those books as well. I thought they were fantastic. I thought the f- they were very kind of evocative of, of other titles that have come before as well. The first one was The Day of the Triffids for me. The second one was like, you know, The Wicker Man or something like that. They're very evocative of of other things. Um, but you can really, as you say, Chris, they are, they're very topical as well. And and um, they, are, they are where we could be or where we might have been <laughs> for those books, you know. So I, I really yeah. agree with you totally for them. A very good place to go if you if you're looking to get a reading slump. Fantastic. So I I think we've we've managed to kind of have a, quite a good few recommendations here. And Drew, you mentioned earlier on about the Great British Menu. So I think we will round up the podcast by just giving a little plug to the Great British Menu, um, which is our adult reading challenge throughout the summer. It is running from now until the Friday the fourth of September. Um, it's nice and simple. Um, you are challenged to write to, to not write to read the six books over the course of the summer, based on six different themes. So the themes are um, to read a work of historical fiction, to read a book on your must-read list, and to read a book with a one-word title, to read a work of Scottish crime fiction, to read a book that's set in a made-up place, and uh, finally uh, to read a work of fiction that has been banned in the past. So. Really, really good categories to kind of try and read and join us to to read through, and and there's some really great kind of titles amongst that. 
Um, as Drew mentioned, there are creative lists. We are slowly kind of releasing them on our online catalogue. So I think we've got three of them up so far. Um, and so you can go on our online catalogue and find that there is a header on there for the Great British menu and you'll be able to find the list of some of the suggested titles. Um, of course, you can. Uh, you don't need to read from those. If you can find a, a book that fits in amongst the, those categories that aren't on those lists, feel free to read those. And on our website, um, there is a can sign up form for the Great Bookish menu as well. So if you go to www.culturenl.co.uk and find the libraries what's on section, there's a Great Bookish menu area where you can sign up and register to take part as well. So feel free to do that and get involved in that as well. And of course, if you are on Twitter and you are having a little break from reading, because we're hopefully convinced that you'll be reading uh, very well over the summer, then do feel free to kind of tweet us and comment to us and things like that and tell us what you are reading as part of the challenge as well because we're always happy to kind of hear from you guys too. So, But I think as I was kind of getting to the end of the podcast, so thank you very much, Drew and Hilly, for joining me. I think that was a very interesting little chat we've just had. Um, and um, we do hopefully have another episode from the, the first season of our podcast still to come, so do watch out for that. And one even after we will be back after the end of season one of the podcast, so there will be plenty of more episodes to come. So do keep watching for them in future as well. But um, for me, that's um, goodbye for now. And Hilly and Drew, do you want to give a little kind of goodbye to our listeners? Yeah, thank you, everyone. Um, if you're in Reading's Fun, hopefully we've given you some uh, inspiration there to get out of. Um, as Chris said, Borrow Box is a brilliant place to go for that as well. So I would recommend that as your first port of call. So thank you. And I'll just finish off by going back to that one. Don't panic. Don't feel guilty. You'll get back there eventually. <laughs> Bye for now, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Take care. Bye.